0: So let's let's pray for these needs tonight in the name of Jesus and just ask God to bless. Lord, tonight we give you honor and praise. and We know that you are our healer and our deliverer. You are our God. And tonight, by faith in the name of Jesus, we proclaim healing for our brothers and sisters. We rebuke cancer and flu and sickness tonight in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak healing and wellness to their bodies. To all those that are sick tonight, Lord, touch them and help them, encourage them tonight. And, Lord, we're going to give you honor and glory for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. What a great God. Thankful for healing in the name of Jesus. Thankful for healing in the name of Jesus. glad to be in the house of the Lord. While you're standing, I'll read uh, a portion of Scripture tonight. And I tell you we we had had a great week here. The Lord's really blessed this week, and we had an incredible prayer meeting on Monday night, had a couple of first time visitors and man i tell you they were just really getting blessed and uh I believe they told my wife one of them said, "We've been looking for this for like seven years, I said, we've been trying to find something like this, and I know one young lady I know she had the Holy Ghost, she was praying and speaking in tongues and the other one really got touched and got a blessing. So they they actually may be up there in the youth class tonight. I don't know. But um but we sure are glad to have them and just thankful for what God's doing, getting a hold of people. Um Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15. Tonight. Psalm 92 and 12 through 15. The psalmist here says that the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree and he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God they shall still bring forth fruit in old age they shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright he is my rock And there is no unrighteousness in him. And so tonight, I'm going to talk a little bit on this thought. Where we flourish. Where we flourish. Let's pray for the lesson tonight. Jesus, we love you and love your word so much. And I pray tonight, God, that we'll get wisdom and understanding. Lord, that we'll be more like you. Lord, be ready to meet you when you come. Let this word find good ground in our heart tonight, God, that we can be changed that we can be instructed, Lord, that we can be complete in you. Lord, we ask it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Would you give him another hand clap for his word tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. God, we thank you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. And you can be seated. Thank you for being in um, Bible study tonight. Where we flourish. well. There's in the scripture is something I've always enjoyed, uh, I guess studying. Is the some of the titles and the attributes that are ascribed to us as believers. Some of the descriptions we know that Jesus said we're the light of the world and salt of the earth. We know we're the bride, the church, those kind of things, the body, but. Many times uh, in Scripture we are referred to as a, a plant of some kind, a tree, uh, and I've always enjoyed looking at that and studying that out and seeing what the Scripture says about that. And um, one one Scripture in particular that I've always gone to is to start with would be this um, Isaiah sixty one. We know. What this says, we, we read it uh, when we're teaching about the, the Lord, when we're teaching about what God can do for us, but it says here that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. It sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. But then uh, he he says to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, stopping right there for just a moment, when Jesus reads this scripture when he's on on this earth, he's in the synagogue one day, they hand him the the book and he he goes to this place and he, he reads this and then he tells them today this is fulfilled in your ears you know you've you've heard it and now it's fulfilled this scripture is about me this is what I am sent here to do Uh, to this end was I born however you want to describe it but this is what Jesus came to do and we preach this about uh, him uh, binding up the brokenhearted and, and proclaiming liberty to the captives and opening prisons that are bound and and fixing people and healing people and blessing people and and all these things that God does is for a reason. It's not just so that we can feel a little better day by day, but when he gets through with uh, talking about how he's going to take care of those that mourn, he says that they might be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Now Jesus said in John 15 and 8 that the Father is glorified when we bear much fruit. Well, what bears fruit? Trees, plants, so a vine. So we know that uh, this same uh, thought goes through the Old Testament all the way into the New, that we are not just to be people who go to the Lord like a vending machine, get a little blessing, get a little healing, get a little freedom, get a little liberty, and then we just go on about our lives. He said, everything I do has a reason, and it is so that people will see. Of course, we know that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, and we know that when God does these things, he's being good to us, but he's doing that so that it can change us, so that we can be uh, called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. God has a reason that he wants us to be healed and delivered and set free. It's not just so we can feel better here and ignore him. He wants to see a change in our life. And when he uh, calls us trees of righteousness, we know that the Lord does not really care for trees that do not bear fruit. (laughs) Jesus cursed a fig tree because he went to eat and nothing was on it. And so he said, nobody's going to eat from you forever. We know that he said that uh, every branch that beareth not fruit is cut off, cast into the fire. It's, it's not good for anything. And he teaches a parable about a man ready to get rid of a tree, so it's not bearing fruit. It's just taking up space. But, but somebody stepped in and said, you know, just let me dig around it. Let me fertilize it and take care of it. Let's see what happens. If it's not doing anything next year, then, hey, let's get rid of it. That's the mercy of the Lord, isn't it? Sometimes when we're not doing our best, he's like, I'd rather work on you and get you working than get rid of you. And so we need to, uh, you know, some we call people today tree huggers and things like that. You know, somebody needs to start tree hugging, interceding for the trees. Instead of just cutting them down and saying get rid of them, somebody needs to start working with them. Somebody needs to start taking care of them. But I'm I'm off my point here a little bit. But what I'm trying to just help us to see is that, uh, we are the planting of the Lord. And that uh, that, that's twofold. It means he's the one that planted us and we're planted. Yeah. We are the planted object. Uh, that means we're not supposed to be just floating around or being blown about with every wind of doctrine. And we're not supposed to be just going here, there, and everywhere. Um, it doesn't mean that we can't feel God wherever we go, but there's got to be some stability yeah. if we're going to flourish. Now, so the psalmist said in Psalm 92 that the righteous, which were the trees of righteousness, he said the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. But then he's very specific here. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord or the ones who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing, People say, I don't want to get fat. It doesn't mean that kind of fat. It means uh, blessed, having everything you need, uh, and flourishing, in the, and for that reason, to show that the Lord is upright or to bring glory to Him, which is what Isaiah just wrote about as well, to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in Him. There is a reason that God wants us to be planted. It is so we can flourish. Yeah. It is so that we can be blessed. And he's very specific here that there has to be the right kind of environment for the planting of the Lord or those that are planted in the house of the Lord. Those are the ones that are going to flourish in the courts of our God. Today it's very popular to not go to church. And people say it's the preacher all the time trying to get people to go to church. Well, I don't go to preachers want you to come to church. They can get you money. They want to get you under their thumb, they want to tell you what to do. But it's God trying to tell people that if you want to be blessed, that if you want to flourish, you need to get into the house of the Lord. You need to be planted in the house of God. Now listen, when Isaiah, we read about what all God does for us, how that he heals us, binds us up, sets us free, does all that. He paid a great price for that. He, he, he took the, the stripes and his body was broken and he gave his life. He paid a great price for us to have what we have. He wants us to flourish. I didn't go through all this so y'all could just uh, be losers and, and suffer and, and give up and ignore me, but I want you to flourish. I want you to be your best. And he's, uh, Now, the word uh, planted here in this psalm, two meanings as well. Plant, which that's obvious. Well, planted, it means to plant. But it also, which uh, the Lord told Israel, hey, I planted you a noble vine. But it also means to transplant. Yeah. Hello, Gentiles. Wild olive branch, what he said about us. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But the word flourish means... Uh, in this sense here, means to bloom or to unfold or to spread as a as a flower would bloom. You know, years ago there was a song, I don't know who wrote it, but I know uh, Tim Spell made it real popular, that when God unfolds the rose. And uh, it's a very neat song and a very good thought uh, talking about how only God can unfold a rose. If you've ever seen a rose that's closed up and if you start trying to fool with it, well, you break the petals off, you make a mess, of it. it never looks like it would look if you just left it alone. And this is what he's trying to say here, that the only way you'll ever be fully what God has designed you to be is when you are planted in the house of the Lord. It's not just preachers trying to get people to church. It's not just saints trying to get people to church. God wants people to go to church so that they can be everything that he designed them to be. He said, "I want them to be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, in the place that they flourish, the the best environment for them. And you know, you know what we are? We're house plants. That's what we are. We're house plants. You know, uh, anybody now? We, uh, you know, my wife and I. We don't do house plants, not unless they're silk, because everything dies in our house. We just don't think about it. We don't water them, or we do something, we kill them, whatever." So we just don't do plants. We don't. But some people are really good at that stuff. And their house has got all these plants, and they're beautiful, and, and uh, you know they talk to them, they spray them with water, they open the windows and give them sun and set them on the porch when it's nice weather, things like that. But you know what? House plants can't just live anywhere. That's why they're called house plants. Leave them outside and the temperature drops, they die. If you were to just take them outside and plant them in the yard, Too much sun, too much water, they die. why they die? Because they're houseplants, and they're used to being in a pot with a little bit of water, a little bit of sunlight, that's it. Somebody talking to them, whatever. Uh, They need the right environment to flourish. And as the children of God, we need the right environment to flourish. Now, people need a church in their life. And it's not just so they can uh, give in the offering. They need to be in the house of the Lord and planted in the house of God so they can flourish, so that they can bloom, so that they can unfold and be everything that God has designed them to be. If if I'm going to be a a Christian, a child of God, I want to be the best that I can be, but I can never be the best I can be if I am here, there, and everywhere. If I'm here, if, you know what? We talk about here a little, there a little. That's the Word of God. It ain't the saints of God. Right. We can't be here a little, there a little, or here two weeks, gone three weeks. When you, when you miss church, you miss something. That's just how it is. It doesn't matter. Uh, I, I've given this example many times, but you know, if, you don't, if you go a whole day without eating, whether you chose to do that or you were just so busy that you didn't eat, you had a legitimate excuse, you still feel the effects of not eating. Yeah. You may have said, I'm going to fast today, so you're going to feel the effects. Or you may have been at work, working yourself to death. You, you couldn't stop for lunch. You could, you're working late. You're going to miss dinner. And all of a sudden, you realize, I haven't eaten all day. And you're you know, jittery. You're shaking. Things. Oh, but I, I shouldn't feel like this. I, I didn't mean to not eat. It don't matter. You still didn't eat. Whatever reason you miss church, you miss it. You miss a chance that somebody could pray for you that day. You miss a chance on seeing God work. You miss a chance on being encouraged or refreshed or hearing a word that would lift you up or help you through your problem. You, maybe, maybe your car broke down and you couldn't get here. You know what? Still missed. And so we need the house of God. People need a church that they can be in because I can only tell you what God said right here in his word it's the ones that are planted in the house of the Lord that will flourish. If they hang around the outside, you, know, you know, they, they might be just hanging on. I don't want to just be hanging on. Right. I don't want to be uh, s- supposed to be bearing fruit, but I'm not. I, I'm still alive, but barely. You can't tell what I am because there's no fruit being produced, because I'm not flourishing. I'm not blooming like I should. I'm not fulfilling the potential that God uh, has has for me because I am not planted in the house of the Lord. I cannot just visit here ever so often. You would not go to a greenhouse, buy you a house plant, and then just sit it out on your porch, neglect it and everything, and every once in a while say, hey, I'm going to drop my plant off at the greenhouse for a little while today. Maybe it'll make you it feel better. And then come back and pick it up keep it at home for a few weeks. No, you don't do that because it'll it'll die because just that one little instance is not going to help it. You need a consistent, uh, you know, uh, consistency is a word we use, but you need to be planted. (laughs) Steadfast and unmovable. (laughs) You know, see, we can't understand that sometimes. He said steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Abounding is like movement. But he said, you've got to still be steadfast and unmovable. Yeah. And that's the way it's got to be with the house of God. You've got to have a love for the house of God because this is where you get what you need. Yeah. Yeah. People say, oh, uh, when when people start acting like church is bothersome, oh, you're headed in a bad direction. Right. We need to love this place. Uh, you know, uh, This is where in the house of God, It's is where I heard the, word preached that saved my soul. You know, I I, I met my wife in the house of God. I got ordained in the church that I I heard the truth preached. And so, you know, uh, everything that I became, I became in the house of the Lord. I dedicated my children in the house of the Lord. I was baptized in the house of the Lord. I did my first baptism in the house of the Lord. I could just go on and on about all the events that have made me uh, who I am, but somewhere, somehow, it was because I stayed in the house of the Lord. And that doesn't mean we're going to be here every day, all the time. You know, like I say, we, we don't come here seven days a week. And I know that with work and different things like that, I understand, but spiritually, you have got to be planted in the house of the Lord. And uh, and I know all, just about all of us can amen this. We, we have less church now than we've ever had. That's a fact. We do. There's people that go to church today. They have no idea what two services on Sunday is even about. Got no idea. Two services? What? Yeah, that's the way it used to be. Two services on Sunday. And, uh, you know, and so they'll they, you know, they get that. And, and I'm not saying that having one service on Sunday is wrong. But when you only have one service on Sunday, it doesn't matter what time you get out. Because it's one service. It's Sunday. It's the day we go to church. And so you know, we should never, ever be like, wow, how much longer is this service going to go? Oh, I don't sometimes Sunday. I don't want to stop. I want to keep going. But I, it's just I love the, the Lord. I love his house. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. But you know why? Because I'm only going to get better by being there. Because they that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. They're going to be better. I'm trying to help us tonight to realize, what can I do? Because I know, if you're like me, I'm trying to figure out, how can I be better? Well, one surefire way is to make sure you are in your place. When when Sunday gets here, I shared this on Monday night a few weeks ago, I think it was, uh, and we were talking about how that um, after we have church on Sunday, Monday through Saturday, you know what we're doing? We're getting ready for Sunday. It's just like uh any uh sports team. You know, if you if you played uh college football, Saturday is your day. You know what after Saturday's over with, you know what you're doing Sunday? You're getting ready for next Saturday. Yeah. You know what you're doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're getting ready for next Saturday. Watching films, working out, eating right, resting, studying plays, doing whatever you you're getting mentally prepared, whatever you, but you spend the next uh, six days getting ready for that seventh day yeah. because, you know, Saturday's it. I got to be on. That's the way the church, I look at every Sunday. You know what? Sunday's over. Whew. Man, what a great service. You know what we're doing on Monday night prayer? We're getting ready for Sunday. Yeah. You know what we're doing tonight? We're getting ready for Sunday because I know every time that we're together, it's important, but Sunday is our day. Sunday is when our visitors are showing up. Sunday is when the choir is going to be singing, and Sunday is when uh, people are coming. You know how it is. Sunday is just Sunday. You know, Wednesday nights we have tremendous service. Monday night prayer meeting is great, but Sunday, that's the church's day. I mean, that's the way the world has made it. And So, okay, I'll accept that, and let's be ready for Sunday. Let's be ready to pray for somebody. Let's be ready to bless somebody. Let's be ready to encourage somebody. Let's be ready to fill our role in uh, whatever capacity it is in the body, but let's be ready. But unless we are planted in the house of God, we're not flourishing, we're not blooming, we're not who we're supposed to be. We'll never be able to be all that God called us to be if we are not planted in the house of the Lord. God wants us to grow. You know that? God, once we're born again, God doesn't want us to stay uh, just a little bitty old seedlings. He wants us to, to grow, to mature, and to produce fruit. And there's one thing I do know about plants. If they are going to grow, they've got to be planted. Yeah. You can't uproot it and carry it around and expect it. I got I me mean, an apple tree. I'm going to carry it around until I can pick some apples. It will never produce any apples because you're just toting it around. It's about to die. I wonder how can it leaves are brown? It's not planted. It can't get nothing. You killed it. I I, want to be planted, whether it's a seed, sapling, a cutting, whatever you call it, got to be planted if it's going to grow, if it's going to flourish and produce and last. They have to be planted in good ground, in the right kind of environment, a place that is conducive to promoting healthy growth because some soil can sustain some kind of plants and some soil sustains other kinds of plants. Everything won't grow in Georgia red clay. Everything won't grow in desert sand. And everything... uh, Now, child of God, uh, we've, we've got to be planted in the house of the Lord. We can't be planted in the world. We can't be planted at the workplace. We've got to be planted in the house of the Lord. We are trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. I want, I, I want to glorify God. That I've got to be what he called me to be. I've got to be planted in the house of the Lord. We belong to God. You know that? The planting of the Lord. Where he is, he planted us. We are the object that was planted. We are chosen. We are peculiar. And we are holy unto him. We are God's house plants. He's watering us, feeding us, talking to us, takes care of us. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. The Bible says we enter into his gates with, with thanksgiving and we enter into his courts, The courts. When uh, the psalmist wrote this scripture, he's, he's letting us know, you're headed into a place that you're going to stay. You're headed into a place that you're going to be better. You're headed into a place that you're going to fulfill your potential. When we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, we're offering up that praise when we come into his courts. That's where we flourish. It's a place of praise. It's a place of his glory. It's a place where we are no longer uh, the, the employee of wherever it is we work. We're no longer the student of the school where we work. We're his planting. We are there to produce fruit. We are there to flourish. We are there to bless and be blessed. We are there to be fed and to grow, to be fixed, to be pruned a little bit, whatever it takes. Anybody knows how to work with plants and things. They know how to do little clippings and prunings so that the plant will thrive and grow and be better and get bigger. God knows what he's doing. It's important to be in the house of the Lord. And it's important how we enter in. So we enter in with thanksgiving and we come in with praise. And this is a place that we know because we're planted here. We flourish here. We do better here. Why would we ever want to miss church? Why would we ever want to miss a chance to be in the house of the Lord? Again, I know that sometimes it can't be helped. Sickness and and jobs and things and cars breaking down. Understand that completely. But in our mind, in our heart, are we planted in the house of the Lord? Are we excited that, hey, it's church day. Today I get to go to church or... Oh, no, i got to get ready for church. I don't want to be like that. I want to be glad. I want to be ready to go. I I love coming to see what's going to happen. We just got a report before church that one of our college students has a friend. She's giving her a Bible study. Tomorrow she wants to be baptized in Jesus' name Sunday. I'm going to be here to see that. Because it might just be somebody else feels like, hey, i got to get in the water too. Uh, I want to be in the house of the Lord. That's where people are going to get blessed. That's where they're going to be what they can be. So it's more, this is not just a club, a meeting house, a social gathering. This is where we're changed, fed, nourished, cared for. We're taught, we're encouraged. This is where we grow. That world will kill you. It'll dry you up. You'll never flourish. But here, that's why it's so important, especially new saints Man, you, you need to get some services back to back to back. <laughs> well when people come in they like I say they hear a service, miss four services, hear a service, miss eight services. Man, you can't survive like that. You know, if you enrolled in college and got accepted, the only way you'll flourish at school is to be there. If you oh I got accepted and all you do is stay out late and party and hang out and never go to class. You ain't flourishing. You're failing. Yeah. And you know what they're going to do? Flunk you out. I don't want to flunk out right. <laughs> as a tree of righteousness because the scripture said if you're not bearing fruit, cut you off, mm-hmm. cast you out. That's the same as flunking out. Right. I want to flourish, but I need the house of God to help me to do that. Right. I can't just get that sitting at home. Mm-hmm. I can sit at home and read my Bible. That's good. You ought to. But you need more than that. I, I, can, I can listen to it on my phone. That's good. You ought to. But you need more than that. Because the Bible says we need a preacher. I need a preacher. You need a preacher. God chose the foolishness of preaching to save men. And people need a pastor. You know what? A pastor's not uh, called to just meddle in everybody's individual life. I don't want a man... Missing in my life, guess what? That man don't want to mess in your life. He'd like for all the sheep to be well and healthy. The only time he has to pay any individual attention to a sheep is when there's a problem going on. But you know what a shepherd will do sitting out there? He just watches the flock. Everybody's good. He's watching them, make sure they're okay. He leads them, feeds them, and he watches for what's going on, what's coming after them. People need that. You need a watchman on the wall in your life. You need a shepherd. You need somebody that can speak into your life. It doesn't mean that he has to tell you, hey, get up in the morning and get dressed and and make your lunch and all this stuff every day. He's not not that kind of hands-on micromanaging shepherd. But he is there to preach the Word of God, and he's there when he sees something going on to warn the flock. We need that. I still need that. I've got men of God, people like, like Brother Larry, different ones that I know that I could go to and say, I need some advice, I need some counseling, I need to be accountable. I've got other pastors that I can talk to and can tell me. and I, They have that voice in my life to tell me, Brother Ed, you, you don't need to be doing that or you need to do this. I listen to them. Yeah. I, I'm not uh, the Lone Ranger up here doing my own thing. I'm not a renegade. I won't. My pastor that I came up under, he's been gone now 17 years, I think, now. And uh, I miss him every day. But he'd be 101 now. I can't, uh, you know, 101, he, it's time to retire if he was still alive. But he was my pastor, and I miss him, and I miss that voice. I miss uh, the things he said and listening to him preach. I miss my original shepherd. But I made sure, well, just because he's gone, I ain't going to listen to nobody else. That don't fly. Got to have you a preacher in your life. You got to have got to have one. Psalm 84 and 10, the psalmist said, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. You know why? He loves the courts of the Lord so much? That's where we flourish. Yeah. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Man, I'd rather uh, do anything in church than be in this world. I don't want nothing to do with this world because this world is going to burn up. This world is going to perish. I want to be the best that I can be for God. That don't happen except I have a relationship and a love for the house of God. Got to be planted in the house of the Lord. I get real wary of people that say, I don't have a home church. Well, you need one. Oh, I just visit around don't need no Roman wild sheep. You need to find somewhere where they can pastor you and take care of you because you need that. Yeah. It's for your good. Exactly. Oh, I'm going to go here and check how this was doing, check how that was doing. I'm going to drive for while hours was here and see what they're doing. Man, the money you would save in gas alone. Right. You could build another church. With all what you're doing, you need to be planted. Oh, well, I don't go to church. I can be as close to god out there on the lake oh boy do they still say stuff like that i think they do well let me tell you if you don't attend church on a regular basis consistently how do you grow how do you flourish how do you ever fulfill what god wanted you to be listen this ain't the only place it happens but this is where it happens I know about feeling God outside of these four walls. I believe it. I believe that you can uh, preach out in the parking lot or on the street corner. You can have a tent revival. They used to have brush arbors. I know that you don't just have to be in here, but you've got to have some kind of connection to God through the house of God. You've got to get into the house of the Lord. You need a church to be connected to so you can flourish because not only do you need a pastor, you'd need your brothers and sisters. We're all workers together with him, but if you're never together with the body, how are you working? When are you working? Or are you working at all? And, uh, you know, I can't think of a single one of these members on my body right now I'd love to see just not be here. I'm very, you know, I'm always cautious when I'm working on things. I don't want to cut my fingers off, my hand off, I want it. Want to stay there? Could you live without it? I could, but I wouldn't want to. <laughs> well, I'm still—at least I'm still alive. Yeah, but it sure would be nice to be able to have that hand back, wouldn't it? You would miss it terribly. You're missed. People are missed. And uh, but if you know, even this hand, they'll say, "Well, you know what? I'm gonna put this in the fridge. I'll keep it for later. Won't be no good in there. It's got to be connected." I got it in the freezer. It'll preserve it. Yeah, but it's froze solid. It's dead. Ain't no blood flowing through it. It's got no connection anymore. Oh, you know, I've met people before. This is honest truth, right? We started the church here. We'd been here for a little over a year, maybe almost two. And this guy had come some at the beginning, older guy, and he'd come three or four services. That's about it. I could really get really about four services. And, oh, I loved it, just loved it, eating it up, having a great time. Then, whew, I didn't see him, didn't hear from him, and didn't know how to get in touch with him. We were down in a viewing in Covington at the funeral home, and I come walking in, and there he is. And he's grabbing me, and he said, hey, hold on a second. He said, hey, come here, I want to introduce you to my pastor. I ain't seen him in over a year. I'm, I'm telling you, I, it had been over here. but he still felt like he was part of things. I mean, had not been to church in over a year, I done forgot about him. Till he grabbed he said, I want to introduce you to my pastor. <laughs> you introducing me to your pastor? or you? I didn't know who he was, he was talking about at first. I thought maybe he was going somewhere else and wanted to introduce. No, he, it was his nephew. Come here, I want you to meet my pastor. Got a good church up there, just going on on about the church. How do you know what it is? How do you even know we're still there? You not I, I don't know where you've been. We need to stay in the house of the Lord. Uh, you know, scripture we use Hebrews ten and twenty-five, not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more. As uh, as you see the day approaching. We talked about that on Sunday, the day of the Lord's coming like a thief in the night. That day is coming, and and he's saying don't forsake or don't leave behind or desert the assembling of yourselves together. Don't quit doing that. People, you know, people church used to just be, I hate to say it like this, but it was like an American thing. Families went to church years ago. I mean, they went to church. You know whether they wanted to be there or not. They was dragging kids. They was going people with the church years ago, and uh, but that's a thing of the past now, really. For you know, just as an American way, now folks got to be intentional if you're going to come to church. And we are warned: don't forsake that. Don't walk away from that. Don't let anything get in the way of you getting to the house of the Lord. the The house is God's house. It's a house of prayer. It's a house of fellowship, a house of worship. It's where we commune with him and fellowship with the saints of God. It's where we're refreshed and you know, we get into his presence and there's times of refreshing that come from being in the presence of the Lord. Right. Where there's two or more gathered in my name. And then he said, I'm there in the midst. And and, and how can you touch and agree with anybody else if you're never in their proximity <laughs> to touch and agree? How, you know, uh, How can anybody lay hands on you and pray for you if you're never in arm's reach, how do you live your life without an altar? How do you live without a place that's dedicated unto his name, a place that you can call on him? David said in Psalm 27, one thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You know, he said, that I, I don't ever want to be. Now, David wasn't there every day. It was times when he was off at battle or different things like that, but he said, but that connection's there. And as soon as I'm able to get back, whew, I'm going to the house of the Lord. I'm not going to miss that. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So we have to be planted. That's what he said. Those are the ones that are planted. Those are the ones that flourish. When people start telling me, man, I, I gave up that church stuff long ago. I'm closer to God than I've ever been. You lie. <laughs> you're lying. I don't know who you're trying to convince, but you ain't convincing me. Because the Word, and you, can't, not, you can't do something the Word says you can't do. And you can't flourish outside of the house of God. If your connection is cut with the, with the church and you say, I'm just going to live for God at home, I just don't believe it'll happen. I just don't believe people do it. Too many other things to get involved in when you stay away from the house of the Lord. And the longer you stay away, the easier it is to stay away. I, I know people today, they left church and, and didn't really go off into anything bad. They just quit coming. It got easier. got easier. Oh, man, I think I, I need to do this. this uh, you know, I got to miss this Sunday. I didn't finish up, so I got to miss this Sunday too. Man, now I'm so exhausted. I'm going to miss this uh, three Sundays you have missed. Now it's easy because you know what? What what do people always do that haven't been to church in three or four weeks when you see them somewhere? First thing they they bring up. I've been meaning to get back to the church. They're going to bring it up. You don't have to say nothing. Somehow or another, or they're looking everywhere but your face, anything. They feel it. They feel disconnected. And then when they come back, they feel awkward. They don't know what to say to people, they feel disconnected. You know why? It's, it's just like somebody snatched a plant out of a pot. And it ain't being fed. It's not getting nourished. It's drying up. And it don't know how, it don't know how to act in this environment. You've got to put it back. You've got to get planted. You've got to get back into what God wants you to be. If you're going to do it, you know, i give you a little experiment. We'll see how it works. If it's the planting of the Lord and planted in the house of God it's where we flourish, I want you get you a real nice planter. Get all the soil and topsoil, whatever it is you get, fertilizer, little sticks you stick in the soil and all that stuff, water and can. Get everything you need. Buy you whatever plant you want. Plant it. Water it for about a week. Get it going real good. I want you to take it out of that pot and go stick it on your driveway. See how long it lives. I paid a price for it. It ought to live. I invested in a, a nice pot. Uh, uh, soil, nutrients, everything it ought to live it will if you leave it in the pot but you pull it up and you set it out there where it can't grow you set it where it's away from the environment that's best for it, it'll die every time and if you or I think that we're any different than that, we're wrong the Lord called us the planting of the Lord for a reason he said you need to understand you better be rooted and grounded you better be connected connected you better stay with what's feeding you. The very first psalm, blessed is the man. You know where I'm going? Blessed is the man. The blessed man, he, he, he doesn't uh, does walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So that means he stays away from places. He's, somewhere, he's going somewhere else. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Let me tell you something about that law of the Lord. Back then, in the Old Testament, people were not carrying their own scrolls to the church. They heard it at the house of the Lord, and they remembered it. And they talked about it. That's how they remembered it. They would talk about it when they lay down. they talk about it when they rise up. They taught it to the children. But everybody, what, everybody bringing their Bible to, to the synagogue or to the tabernacle or to the temple, they came to see it and they came to listen. That's where they heard it and then they would meditate on it and think about it. Now, every king had to write down a copy of it from the priest, and he was supposed to read it so that his heart wouldn't get lifted up above the people and he'd think he was better and he he would know how to govern God's people. Uh, So the king, he had his thought, but the man that in that law, he meditates day and night, and he shall be like a tree. He could have picked anything else, but he said a tree that is planted by the rivers of water going to bring forth his fruit in his season and his leaf won't wither he's going to flourish but he's not just going to flourish on his own he's got to have that connection to the word of God that came from the house of God he said he's like a tree planted by he didn't say he was a tree planted he said he's like a tree planted like that the trees that are planted in the house of the Lord they're flourishing they're getting fed with the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, the presence of God, the fellowship of the saints. Man, it's everything you need in the house of the Lord. It's a one-stop shop for what you've got to have. You need it in this place. So it was in this house. This is where we get it, right here. In the house, uh, we're fed, cared for, watered, and then our abilities flourish. bloom. We become exactly what God wants us to be. Plants are not meant to be mobile. You don't just uproot them and do it. As a matter of fact, you know, if you try to move them too many times, it'll kill them. Yeah. They need to be planted. Now, I said a while ago, we talked about this, the word planted also means transplanted. That means to take it from one place and plant it in another. Israel was God's noble vine. But there's another word that uh, deals with transplanting, and that's grafted in. When you graft something in, you transplant it from one tree to another. And he said, we were a wild olive branch. You you can read it. I'll turn there and read in in Romans, what he said about it. Romans 11. He's talking about us being... uh, This wild olive branch in verse 16, he said, If the first fruit be holy, then the lump is also holy, the root be holy, so are the branches. Well, we know who the root is. He's the root of David. We know that Christ is the root. And so if he's holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, or you were transplanted from one place to another, and now with them you partake of the root and fatness of the olive tree. What did he say in Psalm 92? He said in the old age they still be bringing forth fruit and be fat and flourishing. Still, So you see how it all, you studied it, you find the same terminology, the same things. This is what's going to happen when we stay planted. So boast not against the branches, but if you boast, you bear not the root, but the root bears bears thee. It's it's taking care of you. When you put a branch into that tree, it doesn't change the tree. The tree changes it. And so I want to stay changed. I was a wild olive branch. Uh, we, I had that uh, uh, that nature, that uh, wild nature, that, that, that different uh, nature that uh, wasn't like God. But it changed in here. I heard the word that changed me. I went to the water that changed me. It's where the prayers changed me. And so I, I don't want to go back. I want to stay Uh, healthy, I want to be holy because he's holy. But if I dig myself up, if I remove myself, how can I stay holy? How can I stay being fed when I remove myself from the source of the food? I've got to stay in this house. We must be connected to God every day. Jesus said in John 15, abide in me. Abide in me because he said the, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So we've got to stay in Him so we can uh, bear fruit. So we must be connected to God every day, not just here, but everywhere. But there must be a here. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be a house of God in your life. In 1 Chronicles, and I'm going to go through these scriptures pretty quick right here. 1 Chronicles 29 and 3, I have set my affection to the house of my God. Psalms 23 and 6 I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 26 and 8. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Loved the house of God because they knew they knew God wherever else they were at. They had encounters with God wherever else they were at. But he's saying, You can't, there's nothing that compares to that place where I can get with God, hear the word of God, fellowship with the saints of God. I love, I've set my affection to the house of God. Yeah. Psalm 84. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even faineth for the courts. Where do we flourish at? The courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow, we ought to take a lesson from the sparrow, has found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars. O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will still be praising thee. Selah. You know what that word selah means? To pause and consider that. Think about that for a minute. If you want to keep that praise, if you want to keep that, Joy of the Lord. You want to keep that strength. You want to keep that uh, goodness of the Lord in your life. Then you need to dwell in the house of the Lord. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. So we can just we can go on this. So many scriptures about the house of the Lord. We can just keep going, but it boils down to this: we must be planted to prosper, to grow, and it matters where we are planted. Peter said this: Second Peter three and eighteen. He instructs us, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So I've got to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior. What do you learn about that? What do you learn about Him? In Psalm 63 and 2, to see His power and glory, you've got to go to the sanctuary. In Psalm 68 and 24, to see His goings, you've got to go to the sanctuary. In Psalm 73 and 17, to have understanding, I got to go to the sanctuary. To see his ways, Psalm 77 and 13. If I want to see his way, it's in the sanctuary. To see his strength and beauty, Psalm 96 and 6. Honor, majesty in the sanctuary, beauty in the sanctuary. You want to see things about God, learn about God? Sanctuary, his house. Oh, I know you can go outside and look at the sunset and like, wow, God's good, man. Look how beautiful he did today. You can see that blue sky. You can look at the big full moon and all those things. But if you want to see the things that matter for your soul, for your salvation, for the lives that, that are being lived for him, sanctuary. You want to really learn about God? Get in his sanctuary. Get somewhere where the glory is coming down. Get somewhere where the Holy Ghost is being poured out. Get somewhere where the word of God is being preached. Get to the house of the Lord because that's where we flourish in the house of God can't do without it in Psalms 134 and 2 it says that I will lift my hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord I, yeah you can do it outside but the psalmist said there's something about being in the sanctuary where you lift your hands in Psalm one fifty one, praise God In his sanctuary. We always do that and say, let everything have breath, praise the Lord. Praise him on the cymbals and on string instruments and organs and all these things, but praise him in the dance. But it also says praise him in the sanctuary. How are you going to do that if you're never in his sanctuary? How are we going to do that if we're never in the house of God? Oh, I got to praise, I got to let it out. Let it out in here in the sanctuary. There's something about being in the house of God. How, how can I do any of these things we just read about if I am never here? This is my dwelling place. This is where I flourish. This is where God unfolds me, causes me to grow and to bloom. You take a rose, as you, know, you, you if you grow roses, you ever watch them, man, them little bitty old buds? And... You know, you've watched them over the years bloom and everything, but each year it's different. You know, here comes the new little buds. But if you go out there and snip it off before it unfolds and you disconnect it from the bush, it'll just stay that little green bud. Never, never turn red, white, whatever color it is. Never open up. You won't be smelling it. You won't be giving it to nobody. It's just going to die. It's just going to die. It'll never reach its potential. Never be what God wanted it to be. It will never flourish. It will never bloom because now it's disconnected from what feeds it. This is where we are fed. This is where we are blessed, this this connection. How, how many people, I mean, really, are you thankful for the house of God? The church I, I came in, came to the Lord, the church that I came in at, I used to park my truck in that parking lot on just about a weekly basis playing softball across the road. They'd have softball tournaments. Had no idea what was going on in that building. Never even thought about going in that building. Just all I was worried about was that ball field, you know. And then that's where I ended up coming to the Lord and going to that church. It wasn't even in my hometown. It was in the next town over. I lived in and It was in Conyers. and and uh, But God knew what he was doing. And, man, I was so thankful for the house of God, so thankful for the services and how we saw God move. And, and so, you know, thinking back to our, our opening scripture, as if you'll put that back up for me, Brother Psalms 92, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. But those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Like I said, when we get here, man, it's on. Yeah. There's needs to be met. Right. People that need help and hope. There's people that need prayer. There's people that need encouragement. They, they need somebody to tell them it's going to be all right. We, we've got to be what God called us to be. It's so important for us to be connected to the house of the Lord. God's got a plan. Yeah. God wants us to be planted. They that are planted shall flourish they shall still bring forth fruit in old age they shall be fat and flourishing that's why when you see these older saints that man, they they just ain't they, they missing church you figure well you done built up enough time you can probably take a week off I don't want to take a week off right. that's why they got all them stories about everything they've seen in church because they didn't ever miss church Oh, I remember this and that. that. Yeah. No, I went like eight years, didn't miss a service. I'm telling you, they didn't miss church. They had stories about it, and that's why when they were 80 years old and 85 years old, they're still in church. They're still a witness, still a light, still flourishing, still blooming, still bringing forth fruit, still winning people to God. That One of the uh, ladies I talked to the most when I got into church, Sister Levy Newkirk, my goodness, well, you know, you remember Sister Levy, lived down in Portadale? I don't know how many times I would come by her house and sit in her living room and she would tell me stories about what God had done and pray for me and encourage me and teach me scriptures. She she did more, about as much teaching right there at the beginning as anybody did. Oh, This old, older saint, and she made one of the best peanut butter cakes you ever had in your life. And so that was always a real good incentive, you know. But you know, sitting in her living room one day, I got there, I had to, worst pounding headache I'd ever had in my life and she started talking about the Lord and the Holy Ghost fell in that living room and that headache went away just like that and so I, I'm telling you there's, there's something about but she wanted to be in church yeah. can somebody come pick me up I can't drive I can somebody. so people were picking her up she was not going to miss church God wants us to be planted right. I saw a a quote actually it was in my planner. I was going through writing some things and I just came across it. Um, there's a saying uh, Audrey Hepburn actually uh, is is ascribed to her. She said to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. And so she said when you plant something it's because you want to see it grow. You want to see it in the future, you, if you plant a garden, you want to enjoy it for years. If you plant fruit trees, you plan on getting something for years or things like that. And and so thinking of that, I said, you know, well, that's what God wants. We quote Jeremiah twenty nine eleven all the time. I know the plans I have for you. God's got plans for us. And so God wants us to be planted because he knows the plans that he has for us. He knows that there's potential in us. There is a role for you and I to fulfill in this life. And there's an inheritance that's coming. But he knows we're less likely to get that if we don't stay planted in the house of the Lord. And you can stand with me tonight. and uh, Guys, y'all might have to just get the CD ready because my musician has gone home. There's one other definition Uh, that is put to this word flourish in the Hebrew. It doesn't just mean to bloom and to unfold and to spread out. It also can be used when it's referring to extending your wings to fly. Everybody wants to fly high. He said that, that happens in the house of the Lord. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. But that ain't just talking about the dude that'd rather bass fish on Sunday than he would go to church. They ain't talking about the person that'd rather play ball on Sunday than go to church. He's talking about people that's planted in the house of the Lord. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to soar to new heights got a whole new perspective from where they are because they trust in the Lord and they're planted in his house. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and just thank the Lord tonight that we're planted. Lord, tonight we just love and praise you and we thank you for your word. And Lord, we want to be blessed and we want to flourish in the house of our God. Lord, tonight give us a love and a desire to serve you like never before. Lord, let us set our affection on your house, Lord, so that we could tell people. Lord, we tell people about the things we love. If we love your house, we're going to tell people.